0: Good morning. To greet you in Jesus' name this morning. During the Sunday school hour, songs devotional. Like Davy also, I noticed the songs that we sang this morning went well with what I'm gonna talk about this morning. How many of you referenced your church calendar and saw what today is? A few of you. What is it? Grandparents Day. Day. Some reason doesn't seem to be just a lot of fan and fire and whatever that goes with that. Like Father's Day or Mother's Day, but it is a day that is there to recognize grandparents. And I find it Somewhat interesting. I know that we probably have a distaste for our current leader that we have that is leading our nation, but I believe God has put him there. But he made a proclamation on September 8th in regards to Grandparents Day. And I'm not going to read you the whole thing, but I found it somewhat whatever. On National National Grandparents' Day, we give thanks to grandparents who are the heart and soul of so many families, offering wisdom, sharing their own stories and courage and resilience or leading us forward by the power of their example. Grandparents define who we are and shape who we become. The First Lady and I are blessed with loving grandparents and grandchildren are the love of our lives and the life of our love. For our families and grandparents are the glue holding everything, everyone together. They drive their grandchildren to school and babysit when parents are busy. Sometimes they become primary caregivers, giving children a stable home and a loving role model. Grandparents give advice to young parents, pass on timeless family stories to the younger generation, and open their hearts and homes for people they love. I will never forget when my own grandpa took my family in when my father lost his job. My grandpa was a true example of what makes a grandparent so special. Whether your grandparents call this country home for the moment they were born or came from a distant shore, they have worked hard to give their children and their grandchildren a more prosperous future. In our hearts, we carry the lessons our grandparents instilled in us. and ways big and small, we strive to build a future worthy of their highest hope. On National Grandparents Day, we give thanks to our grandparents for their unconditional love and unmatched inspiration. I know that is somewhat of a secular writing that our president gave, but I believe there's some values, there's some lessons that we can that we can learn in recognizing grandparents. And I find it interesting in that reading how that. Pertains to our Sunday school lesson, talking of wisdom and prosperity and where the balance is. We think of America being somewhat of a blessed nation. Well, is it a blessed nation? It is in the fact that we have freedom to worship God, but how blessed are we? So today, we remember our grandparents. I do not have any grandparents that are living anymore. They have all gone to their eternal rest. And I don't know if I can jog your memory, but I did preach this five years ago. And I am using some of my same notes, so if you think this sounds somewhat repeated, then good for you. But I have a feeling that probably most of you have probably forgotten it. And I I have curtailed it, because... I don't necessarily like just doing a repeat. But at that time, five years ago, I had one grandparent still living. Another thought that hit me as I was thinking about grandparents that makes man unique to any other creation or creature that we have here in earth, on earth is that we as men, we have the influence of grandparents in our lives. You look at the animal kingdom, there is no connection to the next generation after parents. Usually there's no connection. There may be some camaraderie between the parents of animals, of a mom and dad to the siblings, but usually not the generation before. It's it's done. You take plant life. Leaves come out in the spring. They push off the leaves of the previous season. They're done. They're gone. No influence of that previous season on that plant. Unique to us is that we have people that can be multiple generations that can come back and influence us. Growing up, I have always enjoyed grandparents. I enjoyed when they would come to visit. Sometimes it meant working more. but Sometimes it meant doing fun stuff, too, depending on what the occasion was. I could probably spend all morning telling you about the memories that I have of my grandparents. Grandpa Grable would come, and he was often one to want to get things done and, and do projects, and, and that was fun. But that wasn't always his his driving motive either. He took time. Um, I remember a few occasions where we'd hop on bikes, and us grand boys, we would pedal the countryside. And we covered miles covering the neighborhood, and even once in a while stopping in and visiting visiting a neighbor or two. Grandpa No did not frequent our place as often as Grandpa Grayville, but I do have a set of stairs on the farm right now that he built that I'm I want to value because it's one of the things that he built and uh, they're special and they're unique. You got to take big steps to get up. I also find it interesting the names that we call our grandparents. I don't think that, trying to leave my eyes on Danella, that uh, we had special names for our grandparents, did we? We just called them Grandpa and Grandma Grabo and Grandpa and Grandma Grabo, Grandpa and Grandma Noel. Now, my children, they can bear with me here, they called the Hirschburgers cheeseburgers. And I don't know, That's, I guess when you're talking Hirschburger, it sounded close enough to cheeseburger, that's what they called them. Are we going to the cheeseburger grandparents? Somehow, their Grandpa Noel got the name Copper. And I don't know how that arrived at that, but I, I, I looked, I Googled, just to see what all the different names are that people call their grandparents. That was not one of them that didn't even come on the list and I'm sure you, in your families you have probably unique names too that you call your your grandparents. I appreciate the stand that they took on biblical teaching. I am blessed to have had two sets of godly grandparents. But if you do not have that privilege to have godly grandparents, then I would challenge you that you can become that godly grandparent. It doesn't have to stop there. It can start with you. I cannot. Underestimate the value that a godly grandparent will have on a generation or generations. You know, uh, my perspective or my perception of older people is people that have it together. They look like they have it together anyway. Maybe under the cover they are in a storm, but... You know they're 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 not easy to get riled up. Um, they're they're cool and collect. They they uh, they just have it together. Turn to Psalms 92. Read verses 12 to 15. I believe older people do have a way of showing confidence and courage when going through difficult times. Read Psalms 92 verse starting at verse 12. The righteous shall flourish, and I believe the righteous here let's for today we can put in grandparents. The grandparents shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall bring forth fruit in, notice that word, old age. They shall be fat and flourishing to show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteous in him. Has anyone ever seen, it it talks about two different types of trees here, the palm tree and the cedars of Lebanon. Has anyone ever seen the cedars of Lebanon? No one has. Figured that. Has anybody ever seen a palm tree? Everybody should raise their hand. I'm sure you have seen a palm tree. So why does it use this example of cedars of Lebanon and a palm tree? I find it interesting that in the warmer climates along the coast, palm trees thrive. But what else is also prevalent on those areas? We have a few that are talked about. Hurricanes. How well do normal trees stand up in hurricanes with sustained winds of 120 to 150 miles per hour? Not very well. How well do palm trees stand up with winds that are sustained at that speed? They have a way of holding it together. And I didn't know this, but in my little bit of research, I found out that a palm tree is actually more like a grass. It's actually considered the way that it's, it grows and its fruit... It's it's in the grass family. So if you think of grass, it's a lot more flexible, bending, and a a palm tree is not as woody. So therefore, when the winds hit a palm tree, it can bend, it can flex, and it's unmovable. But underneath the ground, it has a root mass that is holding it firm to its base. Under the ground, maybe there's some stress, but it's it's together. But above, it's just getting hit. And I understand that as each storm keeps coming, it doesn't weaken the palm tree by its roots. It strengthens it so that the next storm that comes, it can withstand as well. So think of that as you think of grandparents. Bible talks about them being like it talks about righteous here but i'm using grandparents this morning think of them being like the cedars and the palm tree it talks about them flourishing in god's courts it talks about them bringing fruit in their old age there's still hope it's not done older people grandparents you still have work to do the majority everyone here sitting here this morning listening to this at some point sometime in your life as long as God tarries you will be a grandparent if God doesn't call you home before that there are those exceptions and I'll share you one I'll share with you one exception And this this is something that Christy shared with me before she, the day before, or two days before, real close to before she passed away. And uh, she made the comment that she used to look at old ladies and think that, I just don't want to be an old lady. It looks hard to get around. You're you're humped over, and, and you're hard at hearing. And She's like... I just, I don't, I don't want to be old. And when it was coming down to that, can I say, defining moment, she would have been glad to live. But in her comment she made that, maybe this is God's way of taking me out before I have to face old age. Life moves on. Generations come and go. What kind of impact are you going to have on your generation or the generations after you? I like to look at someone in the Bible that had an impact on his generation. Turn to Genesis 5. Very familiar. Genesis 5.21 And Enoch lived sixty and five years and begat Methuselah. And Enoch Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah three hundred years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were three hundred sixty and five years. And Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. And Methuselah lived a hundred and eighty and seven years and begat Lamech. And Methuselah lived after he begat Lamech 780 and 2 years and begat sons and daughters. And all, and all the days of Methuselah were 960 and 9 years and he died. And Lamech lived 180 and 2 years and begat a son. And he called his name Noah, saying, This same shall comfort us concerning our work and toil of our hands because of the ground which the Lord hath cursed. And Lamech lived, after he begat Noah, 590 and 5 years, and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Lamech were 770 and 7 years, and he died. And Noah was 500 years old, and Noah begat Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Here we have the genealogy account of Enoch, He was the father of Methuselah. Methuselah was the father of Lamech, and Lamech was the father of Noah. And it's interesting with Enoch there, how he walked with God. You know, in my mind, I think of these people as being these... um, like up here, above human beings, like more than me, like you know what I mean. Like there, there's somebody that has attained to something. They, they, they're patriots of the Bible, and I, I often don't think of them being a normal human being. That makes sense. But I believe that these men here were just as human as we were. But it was their heart. Enoch walked with God. He had a desire to serve God. And I don't know what that totally looked like because obviously he didn't have to face death. But how would this read if these men had not been faithful in their generations? I mean, even Noah... What if he would have? We'll get, we'll get into that more. Go back one more chapter, Genesis 6, verses 8 and 9. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man, and perfect in his generation, and Noah walked with God. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. He was just, he was perfect in his generation. So Enoch walked with God, so did his great grandson Noah. Do you think that Enoch Enoch had an impact on those generations to have affected Noah? I believe it did. Hebrews eleven five also. This is talking about Enoch now. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not and was not found, because God had tra- translated him. For before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith but, but without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Then moving to the next verse, By faith Noah, being warned of God of these things not seen yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became the heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Noah was a righteous man in a totally corrupt age. And in, and in Ezekiel 14:13 and 14 we have another testimony given to particularly Noah in, in what God said about Noah's life. Was it easy for Noah to be a righteous man? Genesis 6 backing up a few verses five and set five through seven. And God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thought of, of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing that the fowl, and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. We were asked in Chicago, are these the days of Noah? We were talking about what it's going to be like when we get to the end. Does this sound familiar? God calls us to righteousness. 2 Corinthians 6. You don't have to turn there. Just two verses I want to read. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 16 through 18. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For he, for we, for ye, are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be the Father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. What do your grandchildren see when they look at you? What kind of an example are you setting for them? I have some points here, and I didn't specify my first point, but point number one was Noah was a righteous man in a totally corrupt age. We being that rock, that righteous example for others, for our grandchildren, particularly, to look at, to see. <clears throat> Point number two Noah followed God's instructions exactly. And we can find that there in Genesis 6. Verses 14 and 16. Where God gave him the exact instructions on how to build the ark. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms shalt thou make in the ark and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion, fashion which thou shalt make of it. The length Of the ark shall be 300 cubits, the breadth 50 cubits, and the height of it 30 cubits. A window shalt thou make on the ark, and in it the cubits shalt thou finish it above. And the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof, with lower, second, and third stories shalt thou make it. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of water upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life from under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die." Did Noah build the ark the way he wanted to? I think we know the answer to that question. He followed God's instructions exactly as it was given. And I'm just curious, how many have been to the ark museum? A fair amount of you. I have not been. So you have to tell me what I'm missing. I'd like to go sometime, but it's not really on my... It's out of my way. Genesis six twenty two, thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him. So did he. What a testimony! God, or that Noah, that God was able to say of Noah, that he did. If Noah would have had doubt or chose to do it his way, the story would be different. But Noah was faithful in his generation and brought savings to the whole, his whole household. They were saved from the flood. Because of the powerful influence of grandparents, there is always hope, even if one generation is lost or goes astray. Because the next generation can be brought back in, and that's where the element of the grandparents come in and the influence that they have with the grandchildren. And this can bridge that gap between parents and children. And it can make a difference in the course of history for those children. The relationship that grandparents and grandchildren have is unique. It can be full of hope. There is an element, let's see if I can make myself clear here, There's a mystery of how a boy is not good enough for your daughter, but yet can father marvelous children. And it can be flipped. The girl is unworthy of your son, but can bear brilliant children. You get that? You look lost. I don't think we struggle with that, and I'm glad, because in our day and age, people in marriages, sometimes in a family particularly, a lot of emphasis is put on their children. And as soon as they go into marriage, sometimes that partner that's brought in is looked down on, can never never be good enough, is, is second. But yet as soon as there's children, there is a relationship that brings that together. We don't necessarily struggle with that because we, we view marriage, two people coming together, there's a building of family, there's a new son, there's a new daughter. and We welcome them in. We're not caught up in the trivial things that may be a stumbling block. So we move on from Noah. We have the genealogy of Shem, which was one of Noah's sons. He lived 100 years old and he begat Erafaxity. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Two years after the flood. And that would have been Noah's grandson. And if you would turn to Genesis 11, verse 12, you'll find there the genealogy. I'm not even going to begin to read that. Down through verse 27. And if I have it figured out right, it would be great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather to Abraham, or Abram at that time, which his name was changed to Abraham later. It's obvious that the faith of Noah that he had by obeying God, he was righteous in his generation, did that have a, a bearing, a connection to all the way down to Abraham. Faith was passed down through the generations and the same faith can be passed down through our generations as well. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out from his home and to receive that inheritance. He went out not knowing where he was going. Also the the faith that it took Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac and God intervened. You know, that Abraham obeying God, even when it didn't seem logical. Did it make sense? No. Ellis had a devotional on logic versus faith for our group in Chicago. Sometimes faith has to precede our logic. Also, Sarah was a a granddaughter of a godly line of people as well. Hebrews 11.11. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive. Seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. This is the importance of passing on the faith. Obeying God will leave an impression on our children and our grandchildren point number 3 Noah was totally submitted Noah had totally submitted his life to God Noah built the ark Noah got into the ark Noah put his trust in the God who gave him the instructions to build that ark Had Noah ever saw rain before Did he know what rain was had Noah ever saw a boat before? How did he know what he was doing was right? Did it make sense at the time? It did But it was by faith. And even, even the fact for a hundred years, it was a challenging thought to me, that he was a preacher of righteousness, and as he worked, he preached. And... Were there any more that were saved because of his preaching? No. It was just his family. His wife, three sons, and their wives. So was it all in vain? He submitted his life completely to God. He trusted God to help him build that ark do your grandchildren do your children see you acting like noah do they see you walking with a faith for god are you influencing them to be faithful obedient respectful responsible and fun to be with don't let the busy lives lead you today to keep you from spending time with your family, but make those moments special, those connections. I'm just going to run through a couple of things here quickly. Grandparents teach us valuable skills. It can be from quilting or whipping up a meal fast or even fixing a bicycle. Grandparents have these skills. And hanging out with your grandparents can give you a window into those opportunities to learn those skills. Grandparents provide comfort and support. You know, grandparents love unconditionally. There's someone that you can go to when things are going rough, you encounter difficulties in life, they're there when you need them. With the decades of life experiences that they have had, their advice is worth listening to and hearing. Grandparents help us to learn more about our parents. Believe it or not, grandparents, you can help your grandchildren maybe see something about their parents. Maybe it's through stories. Maybe it's whatever. They can offer a glimpse into how their parents are or were. Grandparents give us a glimpse into the world we've never lived in. You know, there's that saying of going back to the good old days. And I remember being in a seminar one time where the guy presented us a picture of the good old days and you know there's something that is attractive about that but he said in, in reality if you really knew what the good old days were you don't want to be there you work hard you you work for everything you got and the picture he had was this man on top of a huge wagon of hay and he had a pitchfork and he was pitching it off to the cattle and it was blowing snow He's like, does that look like the good old days? But that's the, that's the element that grandparents can give as they relate stories. They lived a, a life before you, and they have experience. And they may stretch the story to make it sound good, too. They have that right. Most importantly, we can bring happiness to our grandparents. As grandchildren, it's our duty to care and appreciate those that are seniors to our family. And I thought I remember reading or learning about the Inuit Indians taking their old people out and letting them on ice floes or icebergs to die. Thanks to Google, I researched that a little bit. And there is incidences where that may have happened, but it's not a, I thought it was a, a thing they did. And in in a, in, a, in, a, in a way, it was somewhat a thing they did because it was they felt like it was helping them into the next life. It, why stay here and suffer and live longer when the resources that they had to work hard to for the younger generations to keep thriving, they didn't want to be a drain to it. But that has changed with time and our government and. Handouts and pensions and and whatnot that people are able to live, get what they need to live, especially there with that type of Indian. I didn't know if there was others as well, but it, it seemed like society in itself does have respect for those generations. And I'd like you to think about this. We looked at the book of Ruth not real long ago. And how is it that there's a baby born? Ruth has a grand, or Ruth has a child and it be, it's a grandchild to Naomi. And it almost seems like in that book it becomes more of a congratulations to the grandmother, Naomi, than it does to Ruth. And you can, you can look at it. It's there in Ruth 4, verse 13, I think. It, it basically sums up the life of Boaz and Ruth coming together, getting married. And nine months later, they have a, a baby boy. And just like that, Naomi is rejoicing. She has this grandchild. And it's like the focus, the plot of the story is totally off of Boaz and Ruth now. It is on Naomi, the grandmother. And Naomi has uh, a grandson and she has a redeemer and she also has a son. This story would appear that the emphasis... For that is just elevated to, to grandparents. And Boaz and Ruth leave the scene, are no longer mentioned, but the praise is to Naomi, and she has comfort in her old age. Sometimes we make jokes about getting older. But on a serious note, getting older is a part is an important part of life. It's an important part of the grandparent and what an impact or effect that they can have on future generations. The greatest thing we have to give is our life. We need people who are safe to come home to, no matter what our children or grandchildren have done. Each of us will leave a legacy. The life we choose to live will have an impact on those who come behind us And that is far greater than what we can ever imagine. And we need to show our grandchildren how to live that godly life. Show them love. Show them how to forgive. Show them how to give. You know, there's this mind or this mental image that I get anyway of, of what I would like to be when I'm old, okay? I, I run into people sometimes and I'm like, you know what, I want to be like, when I get old, I want to be like him. He's happy, he's, he's fun to be around. You know what that means? That means you start right now. If you want to be a happy old grandpa, this first two row boys here, you need to start being happy now. Grandmas, you need to start being happy now. If you want to be a happy grandparent, it starts now. Don't wait till you're 50 years old. It won't come. There's a poem by Paul told. Blessings to you, Grandma and Grandpa. We pray the good Lord bless you always. He knows your sorrows. He is gentle peace. May he fill you with the joy all your days. As we get older, we cannot turn back the clock to the way things used to be, but we walk forward with the help of his hand to a better home in eternity. Not doubt there's been many a struggle, many a trial, sorrow and pain. The longer we live... These things happen. God is turning it into much gain. The joys and sorrows, the good and the bad, these things have made you so gentle and wise. With the angels, I too want to say, you are so very precious in his eyes. God gave you faith to walk with him. He is your hope. Despite tired feet, you have a big heart of his love. Thank you for being so sweet. Thank you for the shower. Thank you for the showing. In a little way, God's goodness and kindness and love. Sometimes you spoil us just a little bit, and sometimes you give a little firm shove. That's because you've handled, that's because you're handling over the, okay, start over. That's because you're handing over the torch, leaving a precious legacy, teaching life's lessons and pointing the way to what really counts, our destiny. We thank you and celebrate your life here on earth. So much has come from your union. But we know we're heading to a better place, the greatest family reunion. Blessings to you, Grandma and Grandpa. God, fill you with peace and grace. Fill your home and family with happiness. He is our resting place. Shall we make a prayer? Lord, we come to you this morning. We thank you for the way that you have been faithful through times past through the generations lord we are not or we are just but a small part of this story that you're writing lord and lord I just, this morning thank you for each grandparent that is here i just pray that you would be with them give them the strength they need help them to put their trust and confidence in you thank you for the examples that they have given us and the lessons that we can learn that they teach us lord just bless them in a special way today lord i just pray that you'd be with each one of us too as we continue to strive to serve you and to follow you that you would give us that desire to want to keep on following and serving you lord lord i just pray that you'd be with each person here this morning each heart each struggle each trial those that are not here lord just suit a blessing to them where wherever they're at too lord Lord, it's our desire that we all would be together on that great day, the family reunion, Lord. Go with us now. We ask your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen.